The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. In a sentence you don't hear often, house prices have fallen. They've fallen in year-on-year terms for the first time since mid-2020. That's according to Daft.ie's latest report. Daft found that house prices in the second quarter of 2023 were, it ain't significant, but it's something, 0.5% lower than the same period a year ago. The question is, is this good news? Connor Skeen is the Sunday Independent columnist and former chair of the housing agency. Connor, is this good news? Do we take solace? It depends who you're asking. Some people think that house prices rising is good is either good news or bad news. If they rise, it's unaffordable. If it's good news, my house is worth more. If house prices fall, it's bad news because people will eventually see themselves getting into negative equity and when house prices fall, builders retreat and they stop building and we end up with shortages. So it's uh, good news if house prices fall because it means houses are more affordable. Uh, It depends who you're asking. The most important thing is the context. House prices are falling all over the world. And the one thing none of us want to talk about is that everything to do with housing in Ireland is the same as everybody else. Reuters had a report out recently talking about how house prices are going to fall pretty much all over the world by anything from 5 to 10% in the next 12 months. Now, how does that feed into the dynamic in relation to the rental market? Because that's obviously where some of this most significant pressure is. If houses get cheaper, is it a fair inference that that is likely to have a knock-on in terms of the availability of houses for rent and therefore the cost of rent? No. Uh, no. The rental and the housing issues, if you want to call it, that are quite separate things. So the house price increases uh, have to do with global forces that are at work, which I'll come back to in a second. But the rental issue has been caused by the financialization of housing. It's a very separate thing where housing has started to become an investment asset and then all kinds of forces are at work trying to stop that or regulate that. And uh, that's Let's driving Let's expand people. on that because the, the, the obvious first glance would suggest if somebody is renting and houses become more affordable, they are then more likely to be able to buy and everybody moves up in the bed and it frees up a rental property. That's not the dynamic that applies. It used to be. You're absolutely right. But there's a new one now, which is that there is uh, a very large rush of forces at work in Ireland that are trying to regulate the Irish rental market probably a bit clumsily and uh, we've seen a huge exit of people from the rental market in Ireland. More and more people don't want to be landlords, especially small landlords, and that's drying up the supply. And as the supply dries up, prices rise. We're joined as well by Suzanne Rogers who is Research and Policy Analyst for Social Justice Ireland. Suzanne, undoubtedly the government if asked would point at this and say well there is evidence of our policies and our processes in respect of house provision starting to bear fruit. Is that fair? Hmm. (laughs) I'm not sure I'm not sure what policies we can join the dots to in terms of these sort of uh, you know as as, uh, as kind of say like the House prices are falling, not just in Ireland, and a lot of that will be linked to increasing mortgage interest rates. So the more difficult it is to buy, you know, to to, to sort of enter into the market in terms of that, that will have a knock on effect. Then is the amount of people who are who are looking to buy, who can afford to buy. So I, I don't know what policies we can link to this. To be honest with you. Well, in terms of policies, whatever about being able to link to them as causative Mm. for where we are, what do you need in terms of capitalising on this to make it a trend, if that's the aim? That's, I mean, again, it'll be that sort of whole supply and demand thing. And we can see in Ireland, again, like, you know, they talk about this sort of exodus of, of the small landlords from the market. But if you think about when all those small landlords bought, like we were all told sort of late 90s, early 2000s, you were mad if you didn't have a second house. That was your pension. So if you think now anybody who did that 
is now cashing out. That's that's exactly, that was always the plan. 20, 25 years, they bought in their 40s, they're now in their mid-60s. There's equity in those properties. So that's not really anything to do, I don't think, with any, you know, sort of anybody sort of tinkering around with the rental market. The plan was always to cash out on those properties. Okay, well, hang on for a second, because I want to bring Conor in, because I think yeah. he may have a dissenting view. No, I mean, the the uh, extraordinary exodus of uh, from the rental market is directly related to clumsy regulations that are restricting the ability of those people to feel secure in the ownership and the security of the ownership of that property. Although I think what Suzanne is suggesting is the fact that they are now able to exit and exit in the black is a function of the way the economic cycle has gone. Is that, that not legitimate? There is certainly truth in that. There is certainly truth in that. As we, it, it, the same question that I put to Suzanne from your perspective, Connor, if this is to become a trend and if we are to suppress house prices to a, a level that is more affordable, what, if anything, should the government be doing? Well, the main thing, in my view, that the government should do with everything to do with housing is stop intervening because every intervention reduces certainty for people to invest either as builders or as buyers. The the key characteristic of housing in Ireland for the last 10 years has been instability caused by constantly changing rules. And that instability has what effect? The instability affects the certainty of builders, for instance, who say, I'll wait another year to see if the terms are more favourable. They... uh, put off uh, rental or, or purchase decisions by individual people. Uncertainty is the greatest enemy of, of everything to do with housing. Because I would have thought you could make an argument that says, well, well, uncertainty may cause people to be wary of investing in the house market, but the underlying need of people to buy homes has nothing to do with whether or not there is predictable economic returns. It has the need to put a, a roof over their head and that's not as impacted by uncertainty as investment is. Well, if that were the only choice, that would be true, but people have to decide at the, when the moment is right to move move from their home into rental to move from rental into purchase. So there are a whole series of micro decisions within that process. Suzanne, in terms of affordability, how much further have we got to go? Because obviously this is a very small reduction in house prices and I assume there is still a huge differential between average income and average house price. I mean, if you look at the CSO, that's the median income is €46,999. So again, if you look at, say, what that can buy you across the, the country like that will that will require two people first and foremost so that you know again anybody who's a, a single income household is almost locked into this rental market it's going to be very very difficult to borrow four times your wage and buy anything but if you look as well like what people are having to you know we're now talking this kind of 30 year mortgage 35 year mortgage interest rates are increasing all of the time so it is it is quite difficult i think as you said it's a tiny drop like if the average house price in dublin is 424000 is that maybe a monthly repayment of over 2 grand a month like that's 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 a big outlay for for most people of an average income so i still it is a tiny 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 drop but for us it has to also be about the provision of of social or public housing to bring people out of the private rented market who have no business being in the private rented market because they are social housing tenants. And I think it'll be about our tenure mix as well. So I think for us, that's really, really key. You know, we've had this thing, as you said, like moving towards home as an asset class. People are obsessed with equity. Equity is just about leverage. That's all equity gets you. It doesn't actually exist. It's it's just a way of accessing more debt. Um, So I think, you know, looking at, at housing in a different light as a public or common good and again, allowing, you know, different people across the spectrum to access the type of housing that's relevant to their needs and that's affordable for them. And for many people, that won't be buying a house, but people do look, I think it's that certainty piece 
as as a as, as a person, I want certainty in my home, my in my tenure status. So I think there's a big, big conversation. I think, but for us, it really like a massive part of this would actually be the building of social housing and public housing. And when we look at the targets for the housing for all, like they didn't take into account probably half the amount of people at the time. And I mean, it's it, you know when you look at the influx we've had, say, over the last year or two of people coming into the country. So we're not building enough homes across the private sector or the public sector. So I think, you know, the supply and demand conversation is important in that space, but it's also about choice. Okay, can I can I raise that issue of, of the culture in respect of, of homes, um, Connor? Because it's a big leap, whatever about the, the culture of we all need to have a second house and you should invest in it and you make it your money off that. But the, the, the principal primary residence as investment is very much baked in for Irish people. It's baked into the tax system in terms of capital gains that you are shielded from them on your principal primary residence. It's baked into our inheritance system where if you have a, a, a dependent living with you or a child, they get the house tax free. So there is a huge incentive and there is a huge culture there of ownership being a wise financial move as well as a roof over your head. Is it possible to change that? Do we need to change that? Well, it is changing. And uh, the the two things to note is that Irish home ownership levels have been falling consistently since the 1970s and they're now approaching being the same as the rest of Europe. So all we're doing is becoming normal. The idea that Irish people are property obsessed, that's the myth. That is a myth in your view? That is completely a myth. It does not mean that in countries where huge numbers of people rent, like Germany, everybody renting wouldn't like to have a house with a garden, but they'd also like to have a pony. You know, so aspirations and realities are wildly divergent and it's essentially it's a feature of urbanisation as people concentrate the amount of property that has to be used as multiple dwellings, which is almost always rental increases. It's just a function of urbanisation. But that that myth is one that is shared widely and it is supposed to be rooted in a sort of a post-famine, post-colonial sense that you were able to be thrown off the land and more than anything. We're the same as everybody else now. We're absolutely the same as the rest of Europe now. Are we the same in terms of affordability? Because if you look at some of the numbers that um, Suzanne was giving there, €424,000 average price for a, a dwelling in, in Dublin City. Is that the same in capital cities around Europe? Uh, Irish people uh, spend a lower proportion of their income on housing than most of the rest of the Europe. They spend a lower proportion? And you have you have stats there. What do the stats there indicate? And the ones I'm showing is that people living in households spending 40% or more of their income on housing in Ireland is 4% compared to the highest one, which is Greece, which is 40%. Uh, Suzanne, is that something that you would accept that we, we are actually doing relatively well when it comes to the amount that we spend on housing? I, I mean, we, we know when you look across the... the like I, I find it fascinating in 2023 and I look around, I live in Dublin City, I look around Dublin City and I see dereliction, I see incredible um, numbers of people with, with nowhere to be during the day. They have no, it's, it's, for me it's about security of tenure and yet we're awash with money. So in the 80s, that's fine, we had a lot of dereliction, we had people sleeping on the street in the 80s and you were kind of going, well we've no money to do anything about it. Like I, I, It's very difficult to understand where we are as a, as a nation I think with our housing in terms of vacancy, in terms of dereliction, in terms of enormous amounts of people with no home. And like we, we're not even taking into account the security of the homes that some people do have. So in terms of, I suppose, the amount of money that people are, are shelling out, we have is it almost 5,000 people still in mortgage arrears of 10 years or more. You know, people from the last crash trying to deal with that. 
We have, um, you know, we've, we've people entering into homelessness from the private rented sector because they can't afford to pay their rent. So I, I, I'm not I'm not sure that that's the lived reality of it. Like, I think, that, you know, it's always great to have stats and percentages. But if we are talking about lived reality and, and people's lives out there, I think there's an enormous cohort of people who, who are struggling to maintain a basic roof over their head. And, you know, if we look to Europe, it, I think, again, that whole thing about renting, I don't know if I would have bought a house if I thought I could rent for my Okay. Lifespan, you know, because it, okay. it is. The, the, I think the obsession with 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 the buying is an obsession with housing security. I think that's that's more what it's about. Suzanne, thank you very much. That's Suzanne Rogers, who is research and policy analyst with Social Justice Ireland, and before her, Connor Ski and Sunday Independent columnist, and of course, former chair of the Housing Agency. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan weekdays from four on News Talk.